he he got on the motorbike and and drove down to Kathmandu just to give them blankets so they wouldn't be cold at night. Hmm. It was like it was like three fucking degrees. So yeah, I think about examples like that. Wow. I just nothing nothing really trumps that. Like mm. the, you can't you know it's just so the depth the depth of it and the inter- level of integration and the level of like people first, everything else second. Mm. Uh, it's really hard to find in the West. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, yeah. very like blunt. It's very, very hard to find. Welcome to the first episode of the Community and Tribe Building Podcast. I am so excited today to be interviewing a friend, a collaborator, and just an all-round awesome person who's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to understanding community, bringing people together. So the person who I'm interviewing today is Joe Weeby. Joe Weeby is a founder and creator. He's a writer, thinker, entrepreneur, educator, and more. He is the former co-director of From the Ground Up and a founder of companies including Sydney Listings and Do Hat Labs. Joe is also a co-founder of the Constant Student Community and a recent best-selling author of 18 and Lost or Amazon best-selling author 18 and Lost, which was second in education. And it might have actually been first. I'm not too sure. I'm going to have to double check now. (laughs) But Joe's main goal is he's actually a doorman. So he's all of those things, but he's actually a doorman. And what this means is a lot of Joe's philosophies and ideas come from how do we open new doors for other people within your life? So I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I did. We cover a wide range of topics from karaoke to uh, private online communities to what we learned throughout the process of building the constant student and just understanding the rise and the future of education and where it may go. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. And Joe, I'd just like to kick off with a question around one of your quirky community building activities, which is karaoke. And just explain <laughs> to me how that first started. <laughs> wow, you've gone straight into it. So karaoke... Um was a particular time in my life where I think it was like a time of probably, to be honest with you, loneliness, uh, loneliness may be a bit extreme, but definitely not feeling truly connected and plugged in. Uh, I live in Sydney. Sydney's like a funny city. It's a, big, it's a big city and there's a lot of like business and stuff that, that happens in Sydney, but it also has a very weird kind of nightlife. It doesn't really have much of a nightlife. Unlike most, cities of its size around the world and it also has a very weird culture that people are very uh has a very siloed culture like people very often one of the common questions people say it's different between sydney and where they're from is like it's very common sydney to ask what school you went to like Mm. high school (laughs) when you're like say our age like early 20s or, or whatever and that's how you get to know someone so where your high school was tell someone about the area you're from socioeconomic mm. status and kind of the click anyway so that's, that's the environment and i just didn't feel very connected in that environment at that time in my life i was probably 23 or something like that anyway we we friend scott who liam you know very well um had a place in a part of sydney called north sydney and we would go there to hang out um from time to time and then one night he just mentioned that there was a karaoke night on down the road from his place and so we went down there and uh you know, just had this one night, the four of us, the four friends, and <laughs> it just, it just turned out to be so, so much fun. Uh, it's open mic karaoke. So I always like to make that distinction. So if you've done karaoke before, sometimes you can hire a room and, you know, you just go into that room with your friends, but open mic is like the whole bar sees you sing. Mm. So we, uh, we had that open mic. So the, you know, a bunch of old timers there, and so it was all a bit of fun because people kind of laugh at you, cheer you on. It's all very lighthearted. Um, and it just adds something to it. And kind of, so anyway, going on from that, we realized that was great, right? So we said, we'll do it again the next month. And we invited yeah, wow. a couple more people. It was on the last Saturday of every month at this bar that was a walk down from Scott's place. And that's um, included. Did you just want to um, just chime in a bit there? I know, Joe, you're a fan of systems of living. And yep. just like giving a bit of a context of like how this almost builds into a system yourself because that i found really unique in terms of like people go to karaoke but they don't necessarily think about it from the the psychological perspective (laughs) (laughs) probably not probably not um well 
yeah, well, quite in that same uh, line of thought, uh, it was it was a recurring thing. Like it was on the last set of every month. And we realized that was actually kind of funnily, funnily enough, like probably a pretty nice consistency to keep because, uh, you know, you, we were all working on various things and businesses and whatever, law, working at law firms and all this stuff all this big serious stuff right and then that was like the release every month mm. but it was also you know it was also a, it accumulated people like you went the next month and then if those people enjoyed it they'd keep coming back yeah and then the month after that you could invite more people so that concept system of living i first thought of it around then it's not really a new concept it's just the way i kind of refer to the concept of having a routines if if it's a better word or habits create yeah. outcomes because something that you automatically do that you don't have to think about thinking is hard work for human beings mm. human beings normally don't gravitate towards thinking so that's why habits and everything is so seductive they're so conservative for us that when we get into them they're hard to break and they lead somewhere so when you get into the habit of going to the gym the routine of going to the gym if you get in the habit of it the hard work is almost done uh, you get yeah. you get healthier over time so this for us was a good social kind of system because we didn't have to arrange it every time. We didn't have to see when everyone was free. We didn't have to think about who we wanted to invite. It was pretty open. And so it made it easier actually to start staying in touch with people, especially one another. So like a system delivers results, right? So if we got to uh, let our hair down once a month and have this funny, wacky night out at karaoke, it actually turned out to be very good for like the soul. I believe yeah. like the humor, not taking yourself too seriously. So making sure that was in my life every month, it's actually, actually quite releasing and, and powerful. And it, it was a nice routine. It was a nice social activity. Again, I talked about Sydney in that context. It was a really warm kind of activity, mm. you know, a really nice, wholesome experience with, with this group of people. But again, yeah, what you're talking about, the systems, like, cause it's a recurring event. I compare it to like playing in a soccer team or going to church, like you go every week. And so because mm -hmm. you, you go every week, you don't have to like arrange who else is going with you. You just know that the church people will be at church and your friends from the soccer team will, will be there on Saturday when you play soccer. So you don't have to manually stay in touch with people. Mm. You're enrolled in a system that keeps you in touch with people. Without the soccer team, without my soccer team, and I don't play anymore, um, you know, I don't, a lot of the people I play soccer with, I don't see them for the whole off season. Yeah. It's but I'm happy to see them. But life is always throwing a new priority in your face. And humans are amazing creatures at forgetting. <laughs> That's true. It was it's it's interesting, like even with moving to uni and just like tying tying it in, like I was talking to Obert, who's one of the other constant students, which is I guess the community that me and Joe are part of, or that we're not just a part of, but I guess belong to, wouldn't you say? And he he was talking about how when he moved, he recently just moved from, I guess, Darwin. And now he's like, I have to be so intentional, intentional about seeing people. He's like, before, like, I'm in a household. I've got lots of people around me. Yeah. Um, I've got, yeah, even in classes, because most people just go, he's like, head down and just go, yeah. I'm going to work. And you really sort of, so it's like creating those intentional systems that breed those results without, yeah, that forgetfulness. Um, yeah. So... It's interesting. So building on that point, what now to go to a different tangent, what do you think about digital communities and, and some of the tools that you found useful in cultivating mm. a digital community? Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, right now you and I are in different parts of Australia. I'm in Sydney and Sydney right now is in a very strict lockdown, COVID, mm. COVID related lockdown. And so at a time like this, a time like this, 30 years ago would have been a very different experience. Um, we're obviously communicating on Zoom right now. We're getting some level of human interaction. So that's like a very obvious tool that two years ago, a lot of people wouldn't know what Zoom was, didn't know how to use it, especially older people. Older people have learned to use things like Zoom because yeah. they had to. So, you know, this concept of like the digital and the online, um, there's, there's a lot of tools that are, you know, very convenient, very low barrier to entry, which is like, it's not hard to kind of 
takes more effort to organize an in-person event than to say, are you next to a computer right now or you next yeah. to your phone right now? So those digital tools, because they bring the kind of face-to-face interactions. To, I mean, Liam, we haven't met in person, right? I, I, I first context. talked to you. I first talked to you a year ago. Yeah. yeah. And we work on a project together, you know? So it's, it's incredible, not just community, but collaboration, everything that's, and that's mm. pretty straightforward. So like the concept of communities that have a digital uh, basis uh, are definitely like on the rise. And a lot of people might not know, I, I, you know, the term is probably like private communities, online, private communities or online, private and paid communities. Yeah. And that's something like we've started one ourselves together, but that's something that as a, as a movement in technology and the way we kind of uh, probably do not just do business, but do edu- business education and probably life is going to be a very, very big part in the future because uh, for, for, for all the reasons that communities are great. Um, yeah, man. And it's just building on, it's, it's fascinating. Also the uncommon commonalities. Like I love that phrase that, yeah, that you can find like the way I guess we connected was I looked at this I think there were multiple like streams uh, yep. but one of the primary ways was by the book Anthony DeMello Awareness and I hadn't met anyone who had read it yep. um, and then I saw that on a spread like through another I guess online community which was the, the emerging leaders and yep. then through that yep. and we built yeah built things yeah out. we started building I mean so to come back to it I think what's interesting is that um so if I talk about that concept of like online communities um, and, and if anyone doesn't know what that is or what I mean by that, you know, you can think about a community you're in right now. So it might be Australia. That's um, very broad, but Australia is essentially a very big kind of community. Um, it might be like a local church is a pretty good example uh, or any kind of local chapter of a religion, um, any kind of local society or anything like that. Uh, maybe a soccer club, a tennis club, things like that, what, whatever. Like, so those communities are normally based on like shared interests, shared values. Mm. Um, and that's what normally friendships are built on that stuff too, right? Like you, you normally get along with people because you, you think the same way. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's pleasant. It's pleasant to interact with those people. So you interact with them more often. And that's a seed of a relationship because then you have shared experiences that you reflect back on. Just relationships compound like that. So just an online community is just taking that and putting that a space online. So a lot of people will be familiar with the concept if, uh, of, of a Facebook group. Yeah. How would right? you differentiate a community to a Facebook group? I'm curious. Well, I prob- I, to be honest, I probably wouldn't because a, a Facebook group is like a tool and a community is, is, is something else. So it's like saying, what's the difference between a hammer and a carpenter? <laughs> If that makes sense. Like a hammer is not really comparable. A hammer is a, a tool that a carpenter might might use mm. to do his craft or her craft. That's how I think of Facebook group. Facebook group's kind of like a tool. Uh, but if anyone's not even familiar with Facebook, like it's the concept that you can just opt into a group that's got people, like it's based on one interest. Like there's one I'm part of called Sydney Startups. Mm. So who's in there? Like people who live in Sydney who are interested in startups. And so for the people who's that, who's, that's not relevant, they don't have to go. They don't have to be in that Facebook group. Yeah. And the people who mainly want to talk about that in that space and find other people interested in that thing, which is valuable. Um, it's valuable to have a space where, you know, these people are interested in this mm. when you're looking for someone, um, you know, that's, that's the basis of that kind of online interaction. And you can argue about the quality of the community, but I guess there's other tools that are like beyond Facebook that you can go set up. It's almost like more going and setting up your own Facebook. Um, so instead of like going on there and using Facebook's tools and having the data and you can connect with people who have a Facebook profile, I guess online and private communities have like a different platform where you can go in and set up, you know, your own profile, but you'll just be in that mm. space. And that's essentially what, what we've set up. And those, those kind of online communities have a very powerful future, but they have a powerful potential. I was reading somewhere today that originally we used to meet in person and then take interactions online. Mm, but that, that's flipping. reversing. Yeah, now it's flipping. So in primary school, you know, everyone would go home and talk on MSN. So they chat online, basically. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was like, you know, met in person at school, then went online for an interaction. 
But then now, now more than ever, we meet a lot of people first online. Liam, you and I met yeah, online. So true. Right? I've met, I've got, we've got friends from all over the world who are in the constant student community that we run to. And I would almost argue with that, that some, or not argue, but state that some of the relationships that have been built online have been far closer with people I've spent just because of those like highly overlapping values than I've yeah. spent like 15 years of my life with, you know, yeah. and it's me too. Yeah. It's crazy. Me too. My, my family, even, you know, different, different yeah. relationship, but even like some of the, the, the nature of my relationship with my family would be different to there are people in the community who'd probably know a lot more about me maybe than my brother. Mm. Who we, we have a great relationship, but just a very different interaction. Um, and we're about like the same TV shows and all this other stuff that we geek out of. And so very powerful tool has advantages that in-person interaction doesn't. So there are a lot of people that are critical of like, say online-based, you know, because we have a lot of Zoom calls and stuff at the moment. Everyone's yeah. sick of virtual because it's what we've been reduced to with COVID and all these things. But I can't overlook the benefits and not just the benefits, but things that are better online than in person. And so that's interesting for people to look at and then think about community. Because if we have tools that are better for some aspects of connecting people and collaborating online than in person, what we have is a whole set of potentials and potentialities that we don't have without current technology. That means we have potentials for the way we live potential. So for example, what I mean to get specific, there is something that is a bit more, sorry, not a bit more, but probably a bit less confronting in some instances of having an online interaction with someone who's in a different part of the world. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not like you have to go show up to an event. Yeah. Right? I Which think I used to find Manson, intimidating. It was quite funny. I think Mark Manson says people are going to get leg anxiety because they're so used to seeing like their top half when I was reading the article. He's like, <laughs> people are going to be looking at their shoes and because it's just, it's almost like we, the new normal, the new familiarity yeah. is just to see someone there. Right. It is. It is. Yeah. I have no idea what your feet look like, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, well, it's true. Uh, very good point. And that, um, that, really is is fascinating when you think about the consequences so you're talking about you're probably talking now about introverts who will have more social interaction mm. that if than they otherwise would have if everything was in person because they they're never going to opt into these these range of in-person events like they just never yeah. never will go so much more effort whereas the online is incredible like it, it can reach you anywhere and it's great to build up more confidence and and it can be safer. It can be safer having a private space online where you can talk, where you don't actually go see, you might not see those people straight away. So you've got space. You've got more control over your space for the relationships you have with people online, I, I would hope. Um, and then, you know, there's also like even more technical things, probably more to do with like the education advantages of like online community. Um, Cause learning in community is like really powerful to be honest. Yeah. I think. And, um, you know, Zoom has tools like Zoom and not just Zoom, but video conferencing technology has like breakout rooms where you can click a few buttons and you get people paired in a chat that's just them, which is, you know, much harder to kind of do in person. And on online, it's just a few clicks of a button. If you're at a conference and you want specific people to talk to one another, like you go to that effort of arranging that and then you got the noise of everyone moving around and how do you create enough space for them all to talk? So much more friction, right? So much more friction to it. Um, whereas there's an and poll, polling people, mm. you can poll people and see what they think and keep it anonymous. There's tools that we don't use yet, but I've, I've seen online where you, you have a shared whiteboard and people can write their questions and it will pop up. Or they'll, they'll vote on things or they'll, you know, put their answers to a question and all the answers will come up on the screen at once um, to see what everyone thought about a different topic, what everyone thought the answer was. And that's just, that's just getting started. Like it, it is incredibly powerful, right? And so that's the digital tools and everything I, I find, you know, fascinating. And, and we're, we're only at the start. I mean, in a couple of years, this, a conversation like this, will not be done on a, on a zoom and two flat videos, but we'll both have headsets on and it'll feel like we're sitting in the same 
virtual will be will be will be yeah underneath the Eiffel Tower. Um, yeah, this virtual <laughs> augmented reality or whatever. Um, mm. And that's that's wow. definitely where it's going. That technology is definitely on the rise now. And then you almost be like, I get the image of like almost interacting with like three D models. You know, it's like yeah. like oh, I'm designing sure. this project, and you're both like spinning it around with your hands, seeing it. You know, because the yep. more sort of it's very matrix, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, wow. So, what do you think? Because I guess to be honest, like I've been blown away by the engagement that's happened online, I guess, within our community and within the emerging leaders program that we were both a part of. And what do you think differentiates a very engaged sort of like online community from the ones that you've experienced from one that's um, yeah. people just turn off their camera. It just feels like a lecturer talking yeah. and yet by PowerPoint. Yeah, that's a great question. I, one thing is live. One thing for me is is live. So a lot of um, uh, a lot of so again, come back to the example of a Facebook group for people who are more familiar with that as like an online interaction. It's essentially like texting versus like calling or seeing a person. Mm. And so just magnify that on a community level, and that's one thing. So when it's more like threads and text based communication is meant to be the core of the community. Uh, for me, that's nowhere near as like engaging as a lot of the stuff we do is live. And that's what, you know, we experienced in say that emerging leaders program where we met, yeah. met off the back of, and that, that creates something. Cause it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole bunch of human interaction and normally conversation that people just don't get otherwise. And that, that is really sticky. Um, because you, you know, you, you get feedback in real time yet. I mean, and that's the other thing I'd say, the second thing would be, um, not just live, but the, um, contribution. So what you're talking about a lecture, um, a lecture is normally very one way, one-sided. Yeah. Right. It's, it's the, the contribution is not so much there from the recipient. It'd be kind of like me talking at you and you writing notes. So why would you keep your screen on? Mm. You know, what do you, what do you have to gain from keeping your screen on in that sort of environment? Why wouldn't you just have your screen off so you have more, you can be a can bit more cook relaxed. In the background or what? Yeah, you can, you can do whatever you want. What's the advantage to actually having your screen on in that situation? That's just because it's uh, on Zoom or whatever doesn't mean it's a community-based interaction necessarily. Mm. What you're describing is more like a webinar. Mm-hmm. It, in, in like the lecture in the lecture example. So communities are social. Yeah. So it has to be social. It has to be interaction. And you know, one of our thing, I think one of the things you and I talk about um, is that the, the word community is used very liberally these yeah. days. So how would you define it, Joe? Like how have you thought about it? That is a that is a bloody tough question. Yeah. yeah. How would I define it? Um, what's a community? That's almost like a good question for every guest at the end of the podcast, perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, those famous Maybe last questions, like the, the five Ferris community questions. One. Yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd say just one. What, what do you define community to be? It, very tough to define. Um, but I think what does it have to have? It's, uh, it's plural. So it's not just one person. Mm. It's plural. Uh, so it has to involve more than one person, probably more than two people to be honest, um, which makes me think of good old, uh, funnily enough, what I think of is, uh, is, is Jesus who, who like, that was the one things he said, like from a Christian context is when, when I think when he, he said, like when two or more are gathered in my name, like I'm present. In other words, like, as long as you got more than like that, mm. that too, like you can, you can have like that deeper, that deeper, deeper kind of interaction. So that that's important. And I think it's, so it's plural it's it's social which means that there is like interaction not strict interaction because mm. social is not necessarily strict when it's just like people are interacting um i think a big part of community if if i'm choosing my own definition is probably a bit of codependence yeah huh, interesting um 
yeah, I don't know if dependence is the right word. Um, so it's not like, I don't think of it as like, uh, you can't live without the other people in your community necessarily, but you're, you're certainly nowhere near close to your best. Would you call it like inter people. interdependence? I've heard there's like, that's there's a good word. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Then like, yeah. Interdependence, interdependence. much yeah. better word. Thank you. Which, which in this context means like, yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not like, uh, you're not, uh, depending as in like, you're not, uh, it's not make or break having those people, mm. but you, you, you all have usefulness to one another. You all lift each other up. Yeah. So that's, that's gotta be right in there for me. Um, mm -hmm. community. And I think there's just, uh, there's gotta be something shared. There's gotta be something shared at its foundation mm. to me, shared interests or shared values. Mm. Um, Would you even, with even, a, even like, yeah. With shared interest or shared values, which one out of those would you say is most important? Cause like, I feel like I've been around people where we're interested in the same things, but if we come from a different mentality, it's so much, it's so much harder to connect, you know? Yeah. I'd, I'd flip your question on its head and I'd say the most powerful format is when you have both combined. Mm. When you have people who have shared interests and shared values, that's uh, that's a whole, whole other level, but values is always, yeah. Values would have to be stronger. Mm. Um, but there's, but again, there's, there's probably, it's a tricky one. There's probably communities that are more about the interests and maybe less about the, the values mm -hmm. and they can still be very positive, probably great fulfilling kind of interaction. They, they probably are not so unrelated to, because mm -hmm. so much of it is, is that, that vibe that you get. The, the nature of the interaction shapes the people and how they behave. That's the powerful thing about communities. Um, how to make that point clearer is just like, um, you know, when I'm at, the, when I'm at a football match mm -hmm. and everyone's screaming like crazy, I'm screaming like crazy too. Mm -hmm. And I'm more on edge and I'm shouting at the referee. Um, I don't <laughs> behave. The, I don't behave the same way when I'm home or, or with my family, like context brings out certain part of, you know, context is really good at triggering and eliciting behavior. So true. So the same way, like in a community, like the, the energy behind people and how they interact will definitely be shaped by mm. that community environment. As you know, I'm very big on environment. Like environment is one of the most powerful, but underappreciated influences on yeah. human behavior and interaction. Environment normally has a bigger impact than most of the factors that we're conscious of. Um, and so did, community, community. Did you want to explain your example with um, community? Law of cooling? Yeah, the law of cooling. Read the yeah. mind. Easy. Law of cooling is a, a concept from physics. And so I don't, I don't know if you're going to use the video for this, but imagine some people will be audio only, but I'm, I'm holding a cup right now. And if that cup were filled with water and I put it in the oven, then the temperature of the water, what temperature would it go to? It would go to the temperature of the oven eventually. It wouldn't go beyond that temperature. It's impossible for something to heat something beyond its own yeah, temperature. Yeah. Right? I can only lift you as high as I can hold you, so to speak. And then if you take that water, say it's now, um, say it's now 60 degrees or something, and I take that out of the oven and I put it on the bench, um, what temperature will that water eventually go to? It's going to go down to the room temperature. So if that's mm. 25 degrees, then the water will eventually get to 25 degrees. It will get there if everything else stays the same. It won't stick to 60, but it won't go lower than 25 because it's being acted on by its surroundings. Mm. And I compare that, um, I compare that analogy, uh, sorry, that law of physics to human behavior because I feel like it works the same way. So People true. get moments of inspiration. They get a, a temporary shift in how they act. But then when they go back to the old environment, any change they felt or or noticed or promised themselves they were going to make is is really hard to do and you normally go back to the medium of that new environment or sorry the old environment um and you can think about it coming back to this water and this cup of water if i was then to put the water on the stove and light a fire under it then then i can maintain a different temperature yeah. it's being maintained and it takes energy to maintain that 
But the most effective way to keep the water at 60 degrees is to leave it in a room where it's 60 degrees. <laughs> so if you want to apply that to human behavior and give a real good example, I'd probably give two examples, like a retreat or reading a book. So like reading a book, you'll so often get like all these, this big wisdom and like, I'm going to implement this and change my life and blah, blah, blah. And the same as a retreat, a retreat, normally a really good experience. You take the time to slow down and you realize all these mistakes you've been making. You talk about these changes you're going to make very new year's resolution style stuff in both yeah. instances. And it's you like come away. They have like the seminar highs, you know, like people come. Seminar highs, and- mate. Yep. They're very like easy to thing. manufacture. Very yeah. easy to manufacture. So you go, you do all that. And then what happens? You go back to the environment. So you've finished reading the book. You come home from the retreat. So instead of being surrounded by all the people in the retreat who are interested in bettering themselves and reflecting on themselves, mm. maybe you go back to, you know, your crabby family or your crabby <laughs> husband or wife or the kids that frustrate you and stress you out because they have, and someone has a health problem or whatever. Life mm. is complicated. Environments are complicated or complex rather they're they're unpredictable Mm. right like a fire alarm could go off right now Mm -hmm. where we are but we're we're assuming that it won't but like we have no control over those things so we can't really control much of our environment so we go back to that old environment and that environment is like that temperature the room temperature bringing us back to what we were before Mm -hmm. right it's it doesn't provide a lasting change inspiration is momentary so what do you do? What's the easiest way to make that change? You come up with it. So a lot of people come up with habits and systems. So I read that idea in the book. I'm going to do more writing. All right. New habit. And that's like lighting that gas stove. It's like, I'm going to do this every morning for half an hour. Yeah. But again, you're still in the same environment. The most effective way to make a change is to go to environment. If it's possible that that necessitates that new behavior. So if it's, I want to write more, which a lot of famous writers end up doing, they go and they go lock themselves in a cabin for two weeks mm. with no other distractions. No other options. You're going to write. Yeah. It's hard, you know, you're going to write. There's nothing else to do. So Man, and, and the conversations well, on that yeah. point, the conversations influence you so much, the little ones day to day. I'm starting, they almost, they, they can prime your mind, right? Yep. And even if yep. you are consciously aware, you've got the attitude like, this is how I'm going to take things. The, the, yep. the example that showed up for me was like, I was, I was dyslexic with writing and I know you know this and well, I was dyslexic, not just with writing, but at school. So I was like, I'm never going to write. And then just by being in the community surrounded by you, Oscar, uh, Joe's brother had posted like a sub stack. And I was like, and all these people were writing and I was like, oh, I've, I feel like sharing my thoughts or ideas. Then I started writing. It's like, without that community around me, it, it may maybe i would have written something but it's highly unlikely that i would have been i felt it was easy you know at the start like it was mm-hmm. it was easy to start it because it's like yeah no one's going to judge me because all of them are yep. doing it you know yeah so yeah yeah so useful that's and that's the power of why i said before learning future of education and communities is is going to be massive um mm-hmm. that's why we've started our version of that Let's see, and we'll see how it goes, but hopefully many other people give it a real good crack too uh, and yeah. do it properly. Uh, probably better than a lot of people trying to do it now. A lot of people upsell you to like a community thing after you've done their course or something. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for me, like the community is better than the course, just to be clear, make my oh, position so clear. True. And what you're talking about is like, what's the easiest way to develop a writing habit? That's a good clear example. Cause it's like, uh, you know, Imagine you're in this space with everyone you've already got trust with and you just put yourself in that space. And not only these days, you don't have to go somewhere. You don't have to travel, mm. right? So if that was a barrier, like if I ran this in Sydney, you're in Adelaide, you can't come. Yeah. So any benefits of something I run in Sydney, you, you don't get access to. But our community, right, is, has people from everywhere, Africa, Brazil, Europe, yada, yada. <laughs> anyway, so you, you come in there. We're still waiting for an Antarctica though. Antarctica, <laughs> call, call out to the listeners in Antarctica. So you just come in there and then it's, it's actually normal in this group for everyone to write. Mm-hmm. So then you go, Oh, I'm, I'm all right too. And we have a call, you know, every second Monday where you come on and you talk about what you've been writing and then you have half an hour or so to actually sit there and write. Mm-hmm. And then in the end you kind of get more feedback. So you're doing it with people way better than maintaining the motivation to do it on your own. Yeah. 
and you, and you're probably going to actually do it. And then if you actually do it, again, physics. If you do it, things come of it. <laughs> Just physics. Like That's if true. you do it, things happen. So. If you can guarantee that you're going to do it or boost the odds that you're going to do it by just putting yourself in an environment where you're going to do it, mm. you can chuck out a lot of the self-help books and motivation books of which I probably will be contributing a few in the years to come, but still, you know, don't, don't like you people a lot of effort into those things and all these mm. self-help uh, motivation hacks and all this kind of yada, yada nonsense, <laughs> uh, not nonsense, but like, I guess what's happening is that the opportunity to do things in community is becoming more accessible. Mm-hmm. which will make all that stuff nonsense because people don't need to travel anymore. They just need an internet connection mm-hmm. and a computer and a phone. And then you can actually just find the most effective way to learn or improve or grow into anything, which is actually just opting into the right environment. And that environment will initially be uh, digital. And then you can yeah meet the people in person. You can meet online first and mm-hmm. do the in-person after, which is what we talked about. That's that trend reversing. Yeah. Um, but Beyond that, um, fascinating, right? So that's that's like, that's the power, you know. It's it's incomparable. Like communities are just a powerful force. Uh, social is always the biggest, strongest like push for a behavior to happen. Like the social consequences. Like because we're wired that way, right? In the past, you got kicked out of the tribe. You likely died. You actually needed them to survive. Yeah. So communities like community tribes are foundational to our like human existence and the way we're coded. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we, f- we do find them so powerful when we experience them. Mm. <laughs> what do you think if you were, if you were starting yourself out from, I guess the beginning say, well, the beginning's a tough word, but since somewhat you finished, you finished high school, right? Yeah. Like, to give Joe the best advice around finding a community that he loves, like what, what would you tell him to do? Right. Where, like if you, if you had no one, like you, you lost your high school friends, um, what would you tell him to do? Yeah. Starting from scratch is hard. Um, depends how you want me to answer this question because um, I'm going to, if I assume the same awareness I had when I was that age mm. and what I'm, what I'm aware of, so like right now I'm aware of like the things we're working on. I'm aware of like something like other organizations out there. Yeah. But at that point in time, I wasn't. And so I was definitely looking for community the whole time, mm-hmm. but I wasn't taking strong actions to do it. Um, so what would my kind of, you know, advice to me be or like challenge to me? And I think I normally follow the rabbit hole of an interest. Mm-hmm. So imagine like anything you're interested in, and we can talk about interest mapping probably another time, but it's one of the concepts we talk about a lot. It's just or basically, I, like, I, I'll put links to your um, to your podcast episodes specifically on them. So then, yeah, yeah, I have them. done podcast episodes yeah. on that. You're right. Um, and so, like, it's basically just identifying all the things you might actually be interested in that you don't mm. you don't appreciate them for what they could lead to. You just think, yeah, I kind of am a little bit into that, but you don't realize where that can go. And if you imagine like every Steve interest Jobs you have, calligraphy, right? Steve Jobs' calligraphy, yeah, impacting the way Mac, yeah, Apple did its software, beautiful fonts and designs and everything. Yeah, the whole, which was one of their biggest edges. So you think about every one of those as a ball of string, Mm. right? And your job to find your community is probably actually just to unravel that string as much as you can, (laughs) which is something I definitely failed to do when I was young. And if you do that, you will find like-minded tribes who share those interests mm. which will be the seed of like a proper community experience so i'll give you a very good example i was interested in film when i was 18 so at the point you're talking about yeah i failed to pull the, the thread of that and so while i was intimidated about making films and am i good enough and those were some of the thoughts in my head mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny when i look back but i didn't really immerse myself in the film mm-hmm. kind of community Right. I, I probably, I think in looking back, I thought it was too good for that or not too good for it, but I was just thinking about how do I get to make movies or whatever. Mm. I wasn't thinking about, yeah, no heaps of people. Where do you go to meet them? And, and I wasn't that. So what would that have looked like? It would have looked like, you know, finding places online where I can get experience, get involved in sets. Um, 
you know, like uh, doing courses and stuff, some of which I did anyway, but I think fully like staying in touch. Um, if there wasn't any way online of keeping in touch with these people, like organizing something that, um, you know, brought people in that kind of like film circle together, like a mm. film to work on and stuff, which I actually did once or twice. Are you, okay, cool. Yeah, which I kind of tried doing, but I think, I think it is hard. Like it's, it's effortful if you don't find one to tap into. Mm. building it building it yourself from from scratch uh, requires other people to kind of you need to find other people who are really willing to like be consistent with it mm, have like a deep interest with it and where it goes yeah and like people get distracted like all the time because they have other things they're working mm. on but people are willing to help so it's kind of uh kind of hard I, I i met one girl last year who she's an actress and all her and her friends they have like a once a month i think they have a bit of a laid back night where they come over and to someone's house and they read or they do funny improv or they read funny scripts and they act it out and you know oh, so interesting yeah even something simple like that which keeps you together with people who are in that mm. interest space and you enjoy their company and all those beautiful things that experience um you know that's it's not so formal but it is it's it's that tribe yeah and then that can that can kind of grow, but also that's just a, that's a foothold. And if you become interdependent with them, I think that's really mm. important. So it's like, if those people look at the opportunities as like they're competing for opportunities, mm-hmm. it's not nearly as effective sense of like tribal community as if they all try to help each other out. Yeah. That's like your rising tide. That's one of the things I've seen you um, emphasize the most yeah. during the, the concert student and you can see it it works right oh, when works. people buy into it it works and it's just it's a different energy that comes through like the the feeling of support's much quicker like the the, the drop of the mask <laughs> like trying to protect yeah. myself is yeah. so much quicker and i think yeah like tying back to that ability to contribute and what you what you've done like really, really well during this, which I've learned has been a massive lesson for me is seeing how you, how readily you ask people for feedback or advice. Mm. Right. Mm. And like, even in the beginning with the prototypes phase of like building that community and asking everyone around you for, for advice. Right. I was like, mm. the first time I was like, ah, oh, don't we want to kind of be seen more as like the experts. Right? <laughs> it's kind of mm. like going through my mind, but then Yep. you just see people take ownership and feel like it's their community right because that's wow. what you want you yep. want everyone to feel yep. like it's oh, it's mine <laughs> yeah sense, or it's ours oh yeah. so right i mean i'm glad you picked that up i don't know i i almost think like i, w- I wish i'd been better and done it earlier mm. uh in hindsight um but glad, glad you thought I, I did it well. <laughs> or with and me that, getting me on board, right? It's like, like Liam, well, it's, what do it's you think true. Well, I've learned it. Like I've, sometimes I've done it deliberately. Sometimes I haven't even done it deliberately. I've genuinely mm. needed, um, actually more often than not, I've just genuinely needed the feedback. I've learned yeah. that my thinking on my own is just mine. And I don't ever sell to myself until, like I sell to myself to the extent I convince myself to do something. And then after that, I'm no longer selling to Joe. So Joe's already like a customer, like he's invested in this journey mm-hmm. he's doing. So if, I, if, I, if it's something, there's a business interaction or not even a business interaction, if it's a community, people need to opt in. It's like church. Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's people need to like the soccer team. People need to want to come, mm. right? So it's like you're getting that, but then none of those other people are me. So I have to understand other people and what they think and what they what they do and then other people will be capable of thinking of things i can't think of because i'm a different person mm-hmm. other people always think of things i don't think of no matter how smart i think i am no matter how much experience i get no matter how many projects under my belt other people will always think of things that i just haven't thought of or haven't thought of yet and that's the nature of um, collaboration and then what that does when you are open like that which i failed to be for a long time like wasn't conscious of the how important it was and didn't know who to ask well, what do you think caused the shift in you to change um oh, one was access definitely yeah access to the people you can ask or you feel like you can ask mm. that's a big one um 
And then I think two is just, I think two, the second thing is probably the amount of times I had an idea worked on it in an echo chamber, which is like, that's just my thoughts bouncing off the walls mm. and getting louder, but not better because it's just my thoughts. And then spending time cultivating that and then going to like, you know, try to like get people behind something or sell something or market something. And then realizing where all the, the, uh, the kind of gaps in the armor were, so to speak. And so realizing over time, all right, I'm just going to ask people as early as I can so I can identify the gaps earlier, which is kind of like the minimum viable product, like lean startup philosophy for anyone like aware with like business, that sort of business framework, which is just about don't create something, don't spend two years creating something you think is perfect. That costs a lot of money and takes a lot of time because you're better off probably doing a lesser perfect version in a month sharing it with people. And then actually you actually really learn once you share it with them and then you make improvements and you make improvements every month and you do 24 versions in two years, you'll have a better version of the product than something you spent two years on thinking it was perfect and not getting the feedback on that comes with caveats. It's not just everything's like, I get eyeballs on this as soon as possible. Not everything is quite like that. Yeah. It's not like you're just going to sh- ship. Let's sh- just ship the rocket and just like, we haven't sort of tweaked it out. And then exactly. astronauts yeah, yeah, die. Yeah. It's diff- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's, there's no point showing someone something. Yeah. It's no point. Like, what do you think of our rocket? It's like, it's half built. What do you want me to say about it? So like, mm. you know, there's that too. Um, you need to, you need to finish that version that gets the feedback. Anyway, that's a bit of a skill and an art form even doing that process, to be honest, because it is, there's no, there's no one way, there's no mm. rules for it. Um, but in saying that, that's why feedback and other, well, it comes back to why community is important. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you are just on your own. Um, you are just limited. Like mm-hmm. I, I leverage, uh, you know, other people's minds to, to create work on the things I work on. Could you but explain it, some of your it, Noah's, Noah's Ark system just as like a clear example? <laughs> well, you know, the concept of Noah's Ark, if anyone's unfamiliar, is, is one of the old, old Testament Bible stories about, you know, the world's going to flood. So save, save and preserve the animals and you need two of each. Uh, Noah was, you know, instructed to find a male and female, I think, of each animal so they could preserve mm-hmm. them. And Noah's Ark is like the database I keep of the people I think we'd love to have in our community. And it's the concept of like, it's, it's really built around diversity. Um, mm. Cause you kind of understand, you know, I guess we have a long-term vision around, we imagine a future where people, I guess, um, it's not as hard to access and tap into their creativity. <laughs> I think that's a big mission of the constant student because the world is better when people can access and do their creative contribution. 100%. So we, un- we understand that to unlock that we need, you know, many different types of people. Um, we need, uh, you know, we need writers, we need people with filmmakers, we need, mm-hmm. um, you know, community builders, um, plural, you know, not just mm-hmm. one community builder. We need community builders. Um, yeah, we need connectors. We need all this, all these sorts of things. And each of those people, like when you, when you have like that, that as a resource in your network, um, you know, you're, you're, it's like the, it's like the opposite of the saying that you're as uh, strong as your, what is it? You're slow. You're as fast as your slowest soldier or something like that. Yeah. It's like the opposite of that. Like you're as, you're as a powerful, like you have that thinking. If you can tap into those people, you basically have access to their thinking, their resources, their networks, their mm. abilities. And you, you leverage that. Like by that, I mean, you use, you, you don't try and do something you can't do yourself. You just, Hey, Liam, mm. you're good at, you know, this videography or anything else um how do i do this <laughs> yeah and then you have all those that, that all that diverse knowledge right and then it sort of coincides as well when you when you see all these people working on all these different things it's like bringing the arts and the sciences the, the engineers and the architects like there's like so many different overlaps that can be created it's, it's beautiful um so Joe, like another question who I'm, what I'm curious about is like, who is one of the best sort of community builders you've seen or who's a community builder that you sort of admire? Um, I know you're in the space, so I won't ask this, um, mm. yes, but like who, who have you seen and you're like, wow, they're doing, they're doing a great job. Uh, 
What a great question. Okay, I'm going to, the first answer I have is probably like a, a from a long standing historical standpoint. Mm. Um, I always admire the community building of the religions. Huh. Mm. Um, there's few people who compare to that to start with because it's such a deep level yeah. of connection and affinity around shared ideas and values. And I use these as examples, not like, um, I'm not trying to advertise religion. I'm just mm -hmm. looking at the objectively looking at how effective that is as a tool to bring people together and give them a sense of community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my, my, my grandmother, probably both grandmothers, their whole life is, is the church for them. Right. They're super traditional kind of Catholic. It's the whole life. My, one of my grandmothers lives on the street. She lives across the road and she goes and sweeps it on Saturday. Like sure. it just brings so much devotion out of people. Wow. It is truly like remarkable to observe, but uh, so that's, that's a pretty good ongoing historical example. But again, I'd say there's definitely this the, again to kind of flip the, flip the, um, the patty over. Uh, there, there's things that probably a lot of the, yeah, very institutional organizations as well. So there's things that I think get in the way of a true sense of community there, especially now too, but probably have for a long time. But I'd, I'd love so to. So it's like it's valuing that authenticity with the, with the sense oh, of belonging. Oh, it could be better. It could be yeah. better. You know, because there's, there's a particular reality with institutions that normally dilutes things. Big mm. institutions that they, they're normally heavy. They're bureaucratic. Think about government. Think about uh, you know big big universities, especially the big old traditional universities, mm. who have a lot of you know they're monopolized. Um, but I, th I think I'd love to find you an example of, uh, that's, that's, you know, more, more like secular, but also like modern and recent and, mm. and I, I'm really, I'm really thinking because I, I really think like, this is something we need to do a lot better, but I think, um, you know, I think probably I could even go back to my experiences when we were doing work in Nepal because mm. I've. You know, there's a lot of like great, this is funny. Like there's a lot of great business people. And there's a lot of like people who are like, you know, assembling tribes and things like that. Um, but nothing compares to, I think, what I've seen in the religions, but also that community, uh, the village community in Nepal. That so we that were was like. That was a trip that you did for, for your nonprofit, for people. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I wasn't there much. I would go over for like two week visits. Mm -hmm. But that community there is really integrated. So Nick, my friend, is an Australian, but lived there and he lived there for like three and a half years and he, he really did all the work. Mm -hmm. um, I was just supporting him. But when I went over there and stayed with him in the little house he built in the community, like people would just come by all the time. They were there all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were working on a brick factory he set up. So it was like the whole, the whole like day just revolved around the brick factory and everyone was there and everyone was together. Shared project, at, right? Shared project, yep, working towards things, working on something that had everyone's interests in alignment and gave them a sense of purpose and direction. Mm. Um, I don't think I've seen anything from all the people who are doing things and I, I've, I follow them online and, and all that stuff. I mean, these people, like, you know, they, they did everything for each other. Mm. Like they, um, you know, I remember Dumpu who like uh, was someone who really got the most value out of all that work, this guy, Dumpu, like he really, like he started, became essentially operating the company and running sites and training other people and all this stuff and rebuilt his home. And he did really well. And early on the journey to show his appreciation, he had Nick and one of the other volunteers over for dinner. And he bought, I think he got like chicken and they go, you can't afford chicken. That's like, we know how much we pay you. Like, yeah. you can't afford that. It's like a whole month's thing. He goes, nah, nah, bro, you know, uh, worth it. Wow. Worth it for you. And then it's very cold there in the mountains. So that night, Dumpu gave them the blanket and he was just out of the blanket, like sleeping next to him on the floor. He made them stay over. Wow. And, you know, he just like, they, he gave them the blanket. Um, there's another time it was late at night and, and these guys didn't have blankets on a job site they're doing in Kathmandu, which was like two hours away, mm -hmm. uh, an hour and a half away. And then Nick rode in the middle of the night. I'll never forget it because I stayed in the thing I was riding and he, he got on the motorbike and, and 
drove down to Kathmandu just to give them blankets so they wouldn't be cold at night. Hmm. It was like it was like three fucking degrees. So yeah, I think about examples like that. Um, you know, I just nothing nothing really trumps that. Like mm. the you can't, you know, it's just so the depth and the depth of it and the inter- level of integration and the level of like people first, everything else second. Mm. Uh, it's really hard to find in the West. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, yeah. very like blunt. It's very very hard to find. I really have, uh, you know, not not come across that too often. So you know, there's there's some great things of you know, there's a guy a guy I know who has a little running uh, running community and he has an Instagram page, which is like a pretty good nice little story. And there's plenty of great examples I've I've read about and heard about, but I don't know. Just for some reason, those are the ones that come come to mind. Um, yeah, man. You with, with the Western, I think the stats and these stats might be wrong. It's like it's like one in five people are really lonely with what they're doing, mm. um, and it's fascinating. Even well, it's not fascinating. It's like why why the things? Why isn't there that close sense of community? Like I can just drive mm. out to Joe and just like like yeah. the honorable conversations because even people say it's like safety say to achieve the certain financial success and the financial freedom but mm. the number one cause of like health issues is loneliness right yeah um but it's not it's not prioritized in that in that way yeah. with that shared shared purpose you know yeah no not not at all well we have a um... We have a kind of a financial system and then a way of living that uh, makes it harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't live near your, your neighbors are not like what your neighbors used to be. And they're certainly not what neighbors in Nepal taking their neighbor's children when they yeah. died in the earthquake here. Like it'd be so weird to go and ask of a neighbor, like what mm-hmm. the hell, just cause you live next door, you're going to take in these children use that as like a metric to, to realize how far apart we are. And so that physical distance from like the people we're most connected with um, creates, makes it harder to stay in touch normally, which is why it takes, certainly takes more effort, which is why the karaoke's of the world were so valuable to me, yeah. <laughs> but makes it harder. And then that drives. So everything comes about maintaining this financial um like meeting your financial needs because cost of living goes up in these Western countries because mm. it's objectively comfortable, safe, good healthcare systems and so forth. And so you now need to pay those bills, which is mm. where a lot of the focus and attention goes. And then just wanting to be set up for life so that you don't have to worry about it. So you spend more time working so that you can get your mortgage and get everything, get set up. But it's kind of like this Alan Watts kind of idea. Like the whole thing is a bit of a trick. It's like we missed the point the whole way down the line, as he says, like that brilliant voice. And he's like, you know, because we're trying to get somewhere. And then it's the big trap right now is that you kind of run around in a circle and you miss the whole point. And and that that way of living takes you away from community and is 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 so isolating. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if we have time, but I think one of the best solutions or one of the best frameworks that I've heard, I'm not just puffing you up here, Joe, but it's like the MVL, right? Is the minimum viable lifestyle. Yeah. I don't know if you could go into that in a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. The name, the name, you know, has three parts to make it simple. Um, so minimum is like, I start with the L to be honest, normally L is just lifestyle. It's like, all right, what's, what's a picture? What's a story about a good life right now? And that's like, all right, well, what's, what's valuable. So like, you know, having the right people around, having a sense of community is pretty good. Being able to work on what you like working on, spend time on doing what you like spending your time doing. For me, that's like writing when I can, it's karaoke (laughs) once a month, um, but not necessarily all the time. Um, You know, people like you uh, talking to other young people and being able to help them on their way. They're the things that really kind of ignite my fires. Right. And then, that's the lifestyle and then you know viable is a is a good word like viable is almost like sustainable like is that sustainable and so all right how do i make it sustainable to you know spend a lot of time writing have time for karaoke meet more people like liam and so 
forth and people in the community and, and devote time, a lot of my time and energy to, to helping them. And so how does that say, and then M is like the minimum. So like, I don't really need, right? <laughs> what do I need then? So am I going to wait for like a million dollars a year to do that and, and say, I'm, I'm happy? Like, no, if I get to do those things and I only earn enough to like food and whatever the essentials are, money's not really going to change how enjoyable everything is in my life. Mm. I actually really only need the minimum I can do, uh, I can get to actually be able to spend most of my time doing the things I believe most of my time should go towards. So I actually like, I love the question when I think about minimum viable lifestyle, it's like, what's the least my life can be? Because everyone's always like, oh, a lot of personal development and especially the rah-rah personal development, which I'm very critical of, <laughs> is, is all about what's the most your life can be, yeah. which can be a dangerous question because it creates a dissatisfaction with the present. Mm. Almost suggests that the present's not good enough. Um, sometimes I find a, a good question to ask is what's the least your life can be? Like what's the simple, smaller version of the life you could be living that that'd be great right now. Yeah. It doesn't mean you limit what you can achieve and go and do in the world. I always say soccer. It's like life is like a game of soccer where you always, you should always be winning one nil by at least one goal. And yet mm -hmm. keep doing stuff. Every other goal is a bonus, but you don't want to start conceding. You know, if, if, if you're like scored 20 goals, but you've conceded 21, you're losing. But if I live on what I need, which for me is only a couple of like, you know, at the moment, not much every year, maybe 10 grand, 20 grand or something like that. And I get to do the things I love may not be forever, may not sustain me long-term, but for now it's, it's a regret-free life. Mm. Cause I actually get, instead of trying to put and time how much into is that earning, worth, right? Oh, it's priceless. You only get one of the lives yeah. as far as I'm aware. I'm not, a, um, that's the reality I'm aware of. So, mm -hmm. um, people lose perspective very easily. So the MVO is just always actually, you know, oh, I want this, our life would be better if I have that. We don't normally set the parameters on what we want. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why we're so easy to distract with things. That's why we get a pop-up ad and we'll buy something because we don't have a framework in place. We don't have, yeah. yep, this is how much I'm going to spend and this is what my good life looks like. We don't have that clarity. That's we, how we I go feel on, in the moment. You know? Yeah, we go on undefined and we're impulsive. That's why consumerism is so easy to kind of activate. That's mm. why you get distracted and buy something. Whereas with this, it's just more intentional. You go, all right, well, this this cup was advertised on on Instagram or TV or something, and it's and it's five thousand dollars, and it you know makes your water taste like wine. Like, all right, that's pretty good, mm -hmm. but. All right, let's look at my life. Where in my life is the value of that service? Mm. It's not in there. I can't justify five grand on that. Five grand is my minimum viable lifestyle for half a year. Yeah. I'm not going to spend that on one cup. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was also cutting down time. Like I was working on this real estate business and it was like, I'm going to get towards my purpose after I've set up this real estate business to be really efficient. And it was just, it was still going. It was taking forever. So I go, wait. What do, I, what do I do? Spend 10 years working on this thing as a prerequisite to doing the what is my higher calling? Yeah. So like, oh, at what point do you go, hang on, how much time am I going to put into setting myself up? Mm. Like, what if I just uh, did the life? Yeah, so that's why I decided to spend less time doing that because like there was an inappropriate allocation of yeah. time, of which time is finite. If I remember correctly in, in, in the book, 18 and Lost, um, you spoke yep. about like how an option B can be really expensive, right? Or, yeah. And yeah, the backup plan. Yeah, the backup plan. And it's so often like that's the the way it's like there's a difference between the backup plan and capping the downside. Um, yep. You want to cap the downside, but if you want to go for the A plan right, and set yep. that up. So, yep. yeah. Mm. Fascinating, man. Yeah, 100% um, right. Just to, I guess, just to wrap things up and just to finish things off, I could keep going for ages. Um, one of the one of the questions, one of the things that I found is like such a great way of keeping that community with the people around you was like your birthday ritual um, mm. that you have. So, mm. if you'd mm. like to finish off, explaining. I guess that, that's a prompt. Um, yeah, yeah, I've, and I've probably even slacked off it a bit lately. So I hope I didn't disappoint you, but I did about a year ago 
decide that for the, the kind of as many as I could of the closest people to me that was sustainable, I'd actually write them a letter for their birthday. Um, because I thought other gifts, you know, like I couldn't justify the money that was spent on trivial gifts. Mm-hmm. But I also thought that it was good to mark the occasion. Because like birthdays are actually just a good system to appreciate someone. Mm. They're a reminder. Because you don't set a day for it. When do you decide to do it? It's good. Yeah. It takes a lot of the decision-making out of it. So all right, good day every year to show someone that matters your appreciation for them. And I thought a letter is great because I like writing and that way it's something they'll have. And it'll probably be, it'll probably mean more than anything I could actually buy them. Mm. And so I did, I did, I have been, yeah, have been doing that. I've some of the August people have been a bit hard done by. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's been a bit of a dramatic month, but um, you know, there's, there's time to rectify that. Mm. And yeah, powerful too. I found it powerful. And I've had some very lovely thoughts come back too. Um, yeah, man, out of the birthday stuff that I received, like it definitely stands out, you know? Mm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's it's amazing what that one touch point can do throughout the year to like mm. bring and foster that. Because then next time, um, next time you see that person, if that's the only time you've contacted them, they've still mm. got that in their mind, you know? Um, yeah. yeah 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 it's very important i mean you only have so much time and most people do not invest their time they gamble it mm. i try as much as possible to invest my time which means i assess things for what's valuable and i try and make sure i'm putting yeah well well you know well formulated you know judgments around what i what i do and put time into and invest in things that have value that will last and those things, yeah, those those thoughts that get captured in a letter will last longer than our lives. Mm. Wow. I think we'll end it there. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, it's, been, it's been a pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on for episode one. Um, yeah. I look forward to seeing where this goes. And, yeah, you've been a great supporter and initiator of this mm. of of this i guess project that i've been undertaking now so really appreciate having you on and all the like the wisdom and the sense of community that you you brought to my life so thank you man gladly thank you very much for having me great to be the first <laughs> it was a bit of an honor i'm sure you'll come on again man <laughs> uh, <hope> so. <laughs>